Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson, and there's a new show out on Hulu. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Maybe you've heard about it. It's called Woke, and I think it's kind of the perfect combination of cultural commentary and just like laugh out loud ridiculousness. It stars Lamorne Morris, who you might remember from New Girl. And here is a clip of him pretty early on in the first episode speaking with Ayana, who's played by Sashir Zamata. I just love your work and what you say with it. I work for a new publication, The Bay Arian, and we're looking for controversial artists who are confronting the shitstorm of race and class. And yeah, but I'm not controversial. You're a black cartoonist. You're controversial just by existing. Why is it that as people of color are always having to stand for something or, you know, say something in our work, you know? Just a cartoonist. Because the world's a racist, fucked up place. And that's why I keep it light, you know? It's just a comic strip about bored breakfast food keep it light yeah keep it light okay so morris's character keith is doing a pretty good job of keeping it light like it's working well for him until he's attacked by a police officer and inanimate objects start talking to him One of the stars of the show is Chicago comedian T. Murph. He plays Keith's roommate, Clovis, who's kind of a hustler. And I don't know. I think he's one of the funniest characters on the show, though. I got to say, I mean, the show is just very funny. Anyway, T. Murph is our guest today. T. Murph, welcome. (sighs) And the crowd goes wild. What's up, yo? Are there crowds? Do you are you doing crowds these days? <laughs> I, got, I got my own crowd noise. <laughs> okay, so you have done enough interviews about woke at this point that I feel like your spiel about what the show is about is pretty solid. So I just want you to do it. Go for it. Yeah. So woke is about this uh, cartoonist Keith Knight, who was played by Lamorne Morris, uh, who is you know very whitewashed guy, not really you know, controversial at all. And one day he goes through a life-changing event that, uh, you know, now has him questioning his wokeness. And, you know, he's got inanimate objects that start talking to him. Uh, you've got a, a marker that's played by J.B. Smooth. <laughs> that marker is intense. Oh, man, the marker is 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 wild. I mean, if you know J.B., so ima- imagine J.B. where he can just do what he wants. <laughs> and then you, you have two 40-ounce bottles uh, that are roasting him. <laughs> first episode that are voiced by Eddie Griffin and Nicole Byer. And that is just one of the greatest points in television, if you ask me. Um, you've got Cedric the Entertainer, who is the voice of the trash can. And I mean, it just, the list just goes on. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I play his roommate, Clovis, uh, and one of his one of his best friends. Um, so it, it's a lot of great chemistry and just yeah. some, some amazing actors that are involved in this. I, I think it's really going to love it. It's so much fun to watch it. And it's funny because, like, I don't know, I, 
I would worry that the like, yes, things start coming to life as weird cartoons would be like, oh, this sounds like it's not very good. But like it works. Like, I don't know how y'all pulled it off, but y'all pulled it off. (laughs) And I mean, that that all goes to, you know, uh, Keith Knight and Marshall Todd. uh, The writing, yeah. You know, Mo Marable and all these guys that that, that just sat down and jotted this thing out and and made it happen. You know, I mean, there was a lot of questions, especially when people were like, so so, so there's going to be a talking marker. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like, mm, (laughs) is this what the world needs in September of 2020? It's hard to say, you know, but I mean, I mean, at this point in 2020, we're accepting almost anything right now. Exactly. What do we have to lose at this point? So the bar is low. (laughs) So I I definitely want to talk to you more about Clovis because I think he's hilarious. Um, but first, I was really curious to hear what your take on being woke is for you these days. You know what? I've, I've answered this question a lot. And I tell yeah. I think I think the easiest way for me to answer it is people say, you know, are you, they ask me, are you woke? And I always respond, absolutely not. I'm like, no, I'm not woke. I'm aware. I'm aware mm-hmm. of what's going on because there's so many different variations of woke. And just looking at the show, you see that. Right, right. You see how Keith Knight's character, you know, starts to become woke. And then you have Ayana, who people would consider radical. She's like a journalist who's kind of like taking stuff down. And yeah. Exactly. You know, and then you have somebody like Clovis, who some people look at and be like, oh, he's not woke. But Clovis clearly, he's clearly woke because he knows what's going on. He's aware of the scenarios. He's aware of the situations that are happening. Yeah, he gets the rules of the game a lot better than a lot of the other characters. Oh, and then you have, you have Gunther who is also, you know, you consider him woke. He's got the whole, you know, the, the, the liberal type of woke where some people like, you know, and everybody has their own different version of what woke is. So if I just say I'm woke, dude, there will be commentary all under this podcast. Of, he's not woke. He, he's working for the man. <laughs> like, so it's like, so everybody has their own version, man. I, it, there's no one size fits all of woke at this point. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So I think along the lines of wokeness, too, there's like one of the big sh- themes in this show is about making art. Right. And like whether or not art is supposed to have a certain kind of outcome, you know, like especially I think kind of in the in the idea of like activist art. And I think especially, you know, like whether it's possible for like a black man, especially to like keep it light. Right. Like that's kind of what you first hear about from Keith Knight is he's like, no, I don't do that political stuff. I like to keep it light. It had me wonder, like, you've been in comedy for a while now. Yeah. How do you approach that in your own stand-up? Um, well, I've actually been dealing with it, uh, well, approaching, I should say, for, for quite some time now. I, I have a joke that I came up with in, like, 2014, where I talk about, you know, how Black people um, need to, you know, basically interact with the police right how they can Mm. how they can work on those issues and the way that i talked about it is like if you don't live in a very uh gentrified neighborhood you can't get yourself a designated passenger get yourself a dog because Mm. if you get pulled over and you step outside you stick that dog in front of you if the police shoot that dog white people will burn this bitch down and like people always lose whoa dude (laughs) they lose it i'm like you will get justice because you were with the dog and like people lose their mind they're like yo that's just brilliant but i'm like that's i'm like that's where we're at as a society you know and that was when did you make that joke 2014 yeah 2014 wow wow you know and this was after the you know trayvon martin and mike brown and all those things were happening and it's like i say it's it's where we're at as a society where it's like 
if it's not on camera, it's not real to a lot of people. So it's like, oh, what did he do? You have to actually see the film. Whereas if you see Harambe get shot or you don't see see it, you just (laughs) can't believe somebody shot a gorilla that was dragging a kid around. Like it's it's insane. Just, Just how people, you know, actually process information. So, yeah, I mean, so for you, was it just sort of like there you had no alternative like you that was the comedy you had to deal because partly of like your own existence and the way you move through the world or like was there a moment kind of like you see in a show like woke where all of a sudden this dude's like, oh, shit, I need to like actually start addressing some of these things in my art. The moment was um, when these videos really started surfacing. Right. Yeah. Beforehand, like I said, you would just kind of hear of the aftermath. Mm-hmm. And then I started seeing like the videos on Facebook. Like it was, there was a point where you would scroll and Facebook really wasn't, you know, um, blurring out images or anything. So you just scroll. And next thing you know, you're seeing like a live shooting on your timeline and it catches you completely off guard. Yeah. And it, I want to say it was the one that happened was it like Milwaukee or Minnesota, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw the, uh, the, the, the gentleman get shot and it just... The next show I went and I did, and it was just so, like, it was funny, but it was just about real issues that were going on in the community and kind of, like, the interaction with police and police brutality and all that. And people were laughing, but it was like, I don't know what it is, like a switch clicks in your head. And you're just like, I have to talk about this because mm. I'm not, what am I doing up here? And yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of what happened. That's wild. And how did people respond to it? Like, were most people were, like, game to go there? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. A lot of people, they're afraid to go there because they're, you know, they don't want to throw their career away or mess up, you know. Well, and yeah, like if you hear about like, oh yeah, T-Murf, like he does this great comedy set about police killing people. It's like, wait, is that what I want to spend my Saturday night doing? Exactly. So it's like you have to find ways to to throw humor in there. And I think that's what Woke does a great job of. Um, Mm -hmm. And regardless of you know, how some people feel. Some people get upset, right? They're like, we shouldn't be laughing at this. But you can't tell people how to deal with their pain. That's yeah. what I, that's what you have to explain to other people. I'm like, the, the, the neighborhoods that we come up in, you know, I, I had an interaction with a police officer when I was 14 years old where I was literally assaulted by a police officer. Ugh. And then I was arrested because it was his word against mine. Ugh. Yeah. You know? So it, it, it's like those things happen. So we have to figure out ways to deal with this and a lot of times like when you watch woke one of the lines that says the entertainer is you know we don't talk to people (laughs) so it's like black people we really don't like go and see therapists like that's like a taboo thing in the community Mm -hmm. so as a stand-up comedian i get on stage and people like oh he's hilarious they don't know i'm just using you right now as my therapy set This entire crowd of 300 is getting all these problems right now. I'm getting it off me. (laughs) And what great feedback to get laughter coming back to, right? That's kind of perfect. (laughs) It's really, it is. So yeah, you get to a point where you just want to kind of just talk about the ills of the world, man, and and help people kind of get over it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating because I don't know, like, I feel like woke is very much of the moment and I, I don't mean that to, to diminish the fact that, you know, for a lot of white people, we're just now realizing that all this stuff is happening, right? But obviously, this is a thing that's been happening for a very long time. And I, I, I don't mean to dismiss that, but I don't know. I think about, like, the protest this summer, right? Yes. I wonder 
how surreal was it for you to be seeing everything that was happening just a couple months ago and know that this show was about to come out? Oh, it was, it was literally insane. Um, yeah. You know, we shot the, we shot the pilot, right. Which is the episode where Keith is accosted by the police. We shot yeah. the pilot in January, February of 2019. Of 19. Wow. So that's from 2019. So when I see people's comments and they say stuff like, why is everybody trying to capitalize off of them? Like, dude, mm-hmm. no, regardless of when this show came out, it would have been timely. It would have right. been right yeah. at the time. Yeah. Because this has been going on for, I don't know what, the last 400 years or something like that. So like, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So people act like, you know, like we were in the middle of COVID shooting a TV show, like, all right, we need a police officer to tackle more and more. It's like, that's not how this went, you know? Um, so yeah, to see those protests was, was really crazy. And to know that the show was like right around the corner. This show was supposed yeah. to drop in June. Oh, wow. It was supposed to drop in June, huh. but COVID hit um, and everybody was doing like remote uh, work on the show. But yeah, it, when it dropped, it, it's, it just seems like it, regardless, it was going to be right on time when yeah. it came out. More with T. Murph about Clovis, the character he plays on Woke, and just what it's like to be a comedian during COVID in just a minute. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. So I was just watching episode seven Uh and I was totally shocked to hear you make a coronavirus joke. Yeah. Do you remember that? So the, in episode seven, I'll tell you, I'll give you a little TV secret, right? Okay. Um, so when we were on the bus, we did. I did roast the the young lady for having the mask on. So yeah, yeah. The what you, what's happening is y'all are on the bus, mm-hmm. and and you are like making fun of all the weirdos on the bus yes. because like yes. there's a bunch of weirdos on the bus always. Exactly. So you know we roast the skater kids. We roast the the, Bible. the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. God, and every bus the same, man. See, you got your little skater kids over here with the little hipster clothes on. Check out my killer drip, bro. Oh, you got your God squad over here, ready to infect you with their guilt, which ain't no worse than patient zero over here, who will infect you with, I don't know, the coronavirus, SARS, or some other shit they haven't named yet. We get to the young lady with a mask on, and when we were filming, I actually said she might have SARS or some other disease that they don't have a name for yet, right? Yeah. So I said that when we were filming. Now, coronavirus is already here. And we, that's what I was wondering is when exactly you were filming that. Yeah, we shot that. We shot that episode in February of this year, wow. so mid-February. So it was already in, it was already in um, heavy in China. And of course, it had hit Vancouver by then. And it was in the States. But of course, you know, it was not a big problem, you know. Right. No, we were not taking it seriously <laughs> at all. We were joking about it. <laughs> so they had me do ADR 
um, which is where you go in and record afterwards. Mm. And, and they would just, they had me add in and just, my, instead of just, you know, playing with it, just go ahead and say coronavirus. Because at this point, let's make it extremely relevant. Because that's what we're, because we already had, we had already said SARS and all that, which is another strain of COVID anyway. Right, right, right. You know? But yeah, so that, that's what happened. That's how that came about. It was such a trip to see it because I feel like there's like a very specific gap between like there's either stuff from before COVID where like everybody's like chilling at bars and it's no big deal or it's like weird Zoom call bullshit. Yeah. Right. You know, and so to like see you where like no one else on the bus is wearing a mask yet and you're like kind of making fun of her for doing it. It's just so surreal. And like to have to hear, like I rewound it. I was like, wait, did he say coronavirus? Like it was just very insane. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people have been like, yo, how did y'all know? I'm like, dude, it was already going on. I'm like, we, we knew it was on the news every day. In oh, yeah, totally. Like when the yeah. U.S. was not talking about it and I'm literally watching it on the news every day on, on, on the Canadian news channels. Yeah, totally. Totally. I was anchoring a lot on, at the radio station here in Chicago. And like, yeah, like I remember right around Christmas hearing stuff about it in China. You know, it's like, yeah, no, it was really only a matter of time, actually. <laughs> now they know. <laughs> so um, I think it's the I want to talk about Clovis because I think he's hilarious uh this is a character you play on woke how do you describe him clovis clovis is i think he's he's good at heart like he has a good heart yeah he really cares about uh keith but at the Mm -hmm. same time you know clovis is he's a hustler so clovis is always going to make sure that clovis is okay (laughs) so so it's like hey man I, i i want you to be cool i want you to be all right but at the same time i gotta get this money and like that's that's Clovis's goal is always to get the money, right? Of course, he wants the honeys, but the money, it, it, it's first and foremost in Clovis's eyes. Um, there are some things that, you know, I think Clovis should, should maybe focus on a little more, you know, like Keith's mental state. Like Clo- <laughs> Clovis, Clovis doesn't give a damn about what Keith like, is. Like, oh, man, you losing your mind? But check out these T-shirts. Like, that's just like... <laughs> So it's one of the first times in the show that we meet Clovis and he and Keith are walking down the street and Keith finds a wallet. He opens it up. Uh, it obviously belongs to a white lady. He sees her driver's license in there. His first thought is like, oh, I should return this to the nice light white lady it belongs to. But Clovis is immediately like, yep, nope, that's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of plays it. He talks through the whole like essentially how he has to have really low expectations as almost like a survival skill. Oh, no, I do not fuck with white women's wallets. Hold on, wait. We got to turn it in. Oh, so so you feel like spending, what, the rest of the night explaining why there's no money in there? And what if she's missing? What if she's dead and raped in Golden Gate Park? Oh, my God, why do you always assume the worst? Because when you assume the worst, you can't be surprised when it actually happens. How much do you think you move through the world that way, too? Um, I moved through the world very similar to that. Yeah. Um, like I said, just based off of previous interactions with the police or just, you know, fitting the description before, you know, yeah. like, I don't know how that wallet got here. So well, I'm automatically looking at it like, I don't, I don't know how they got here. Like, so I'm not going to pick it up and go to return mm-hmm. it and come to find out this lady, you know, got mugged and it was like a black guy with a beard or whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm like, nah. Like, I, I drop it in the mailbox before I take it somewhere. Like, I'm not going to leave it there. I'll drop it in the mailbox, but I'm not going to anybody's house into the police station with that. Because, like I say, it, it, it's like a PTSD thing. Yeah. 
you know, once the yeah. trust is broken, you know, I don't, I don't really see it being formed again. Yeah, that makes sense. So before I let you go, I have a COVID comedy question for you because we're six months into the pandemic now. And I was curious if you figured out how to do comedy during COVID. Like, what's, yeah, what the fuck do you do? Is it like Instagram Live or something? No, I refuse to do any of those online fucking comedy shows. That looks like the most miserable shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> You're literally in your living room like, Ba-dum-tsh! anybody? <laughs> anybody? Just me? Nobody? <laughs> like, I can't. I can't do it. I actually, um, I waited it out. Um, I had some friends that were doing like outside comedy shows. Oh, yeah. So I did. I did a few of those. And I've done a lot of shows at the Laugh Factory. Laugh Factory is back open. I think they're like max capacity is like 50. So Uh it's like socially distanced out and all this stuff. They got like this weird plexiglass fence in front of the stage. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want anybody to sneeze on you apparently. Uh And, um, and I think the, the dopest show that I've done was over at Adler Planetarium. Really? At the Planetarium? It was also put on by the Laugh Factory. Outside, though, it was a drive-in comedy show. Oh, cool. So this huge stage, uh, big screen so people could see you. Uh-huh. It was about, you know, 90 to 100 cars there. Crazy. Cra- like, that was one of the dopest experiences of my life. Just really? On a drive-in comedy show. People are like backing in, opening their hatchback to the truck and like sitting out, got the coolers out, got their own beers. It was just dope. So dope. That's awesome. I I don't think, you know, comedy is dead. I think it'll be around for for quite some time. And, you know, we we figured it out, as you said, for now. Well, I'm six and a half episodes into Woke, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Clovis's major character development over the course of the next 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Clovis comes a long way. (laughs) Well, T. Murph, thank you so much. It was really fun to talk with you. And yeah, man, like best of luck. I hope it all keeps going well. Thank you so much for, for tuning in and thank you for constantly supporting the show. Hey man, I will do my best. Yes. T Murph, what a great dude. The show is called Woke. It's on Hulu and it's great. Okay, that's it for today. But before I let you go, I just want to take a moment to recognize the long and illustrious life and career of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She passed away on Friday and she was 87 years old. She was small in stature. She was only 5'1", but she was such a mighty force. She was only the second woman to have a seat on the Supreme Court in American history and she fought for women's rights every step of the way. I imagine by now you've probably raised a glass to her or maybe several, but I don't know. I'm I'm going to just keep doing it for a while yet, is all I'm saying. All right. The show is produced by me and Justin Bull. Our executive producer is Brendan Banaszak, and we will see you on Friday for Book Club. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, 
crew and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.